Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Welcome to this special episode from Neozaz.com. It's another edition of our random series of Best of Fives. It's a series where we can talk about anything with anyone, just listing our best, and in some cases, in some upcoming episodes, our least best or worst five of just about anything. In this episode, I am joined by my good friend and fellow co-host from many podcasts, Quint. Hello. And if I hadn't said it already, I am Matt, and we are going to list our top five favorite hockey players. Yes. Which was Quint's idea, which you called me the other night, just a couple of nights ago, we're arranging a couple recordings. You wanted to throw this in there. I said, yeah, no problem. I can whip this out in minutes. It's not as easy as you thought. I was going to say, yes, I could make a list in minutes, but then putting it in order and trimming it down, that was, that was a big deal. Yeah, I know. I, I had my wife helping me, and, and even then it was just like, it's just, okay, fine. You know what? It's just I'm going with these five. I've got a bunch of honorable mentions, and then we'll just kind of finger it out from there i don't know yeah well let's give a background dave's kind of set up a good format with discussing why the two or whomever however many people on the episode will be talking let's talk a little bit about why we'd even have favorite hockey players and i'll well, start is, oh go ahead well this is kind of go ahead I, I think we're probably going in the same direction probably yeah um i grew up in the northeast well in the philadelphia area which most people know but anyone that hasn't heard our stuff on news as before grew up in the northeast area big hockey club there philadelphia flyers uh later in the years i lived there the philadelphia phantoms was the minor league farm team even before that the hershey bears so grew up with hockey played hockey huge philadelphia sports fan but i really didn't latch on to any other sports in the area like i did hockey Moved to Orlando, was lucky enough to have a Tampa team close enough by that I can continue to see games and just have followed hockey for as long as I can remember. It's just one of those things my father introduced me to at a young age, both playing and both watching it. I can't really tell you what my first exposure is to it because it's just been with me my entire life. So I grew up in a, a pretty restrictive you know, religious wise and TV was sort of the devil, except you could watch hockey and you could watch boxing on TV. That was what TVs were in the house for. That is an interesting choice. Uh, it, it is. But in Canada, the, the hockey part is not as interesting. It's the boxing. It's part a boxing. Yes. The boxing. Yes. Although there's enough boxing in that, in that year, those years of hockey that it kind of, I don't know. Anyway, um, those are the things that I remember watching on TV when I grew up uh, and, you know, Muhammad Ali fights, uh, and then, of course, just hockey, 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 hockey. Um, I was uh, three years old when I got my first pair of skates, and my dad uh, put a rink in the front yard for us, during the or for me, during the wintertime. And my mom froze her butt off for those first <laughs> few years just watching me outside skating. And it gets really cold, so you can't, at, at three and four, you can't really be unattended because you'll, you'll get frostbite and that kid won't really notice it's happening. True. Um, yes. So yeah, she spent way too much time outside watching me skate. So I played hockey all the way through 
my school years, high school, a little bit after, and then I've just followed hockey. It's I don't I'm not a sports fan. I'm a hockey fan. Right. That's a better way to say it. I'll watch. I'll have the Super Bowl on with the rest of the country, and if by some miracle, like say the Phillies, really just the Phillies, I wouldn't even say any other team. Phillies get into the playoffs in baseball. I'll put those games on, but I will not miss a hockey game of any team. I get to the point where I'm following three teams now. I'll always follow the Flyers. I will live, eat, breathe, bleed. Bleed being being the big one this year so far. <laughs> Flyers, then the San Jose Sharks, which is fun because that's your home current home team. Right. So that's fun for me to watch, and then of course my adopted home team the lightning and i won't i won't really miss any of those games so uh, right. like you said hockey fan more than a sports fan yeah and i i guess i started cheering for the colorado rockies which is now the new jersey devils franchise and they're still you know i still cheer for them no matter where i'm at same with you and the flyers and then i've got my local the sharks i'm a huge sharks fan and then of course i hate watch the canucks um <laughs> And then uh, other than hate watching the Canucks, any of the other Eastern or sorry, Western Canada teams, I, I kind of root for just because it's my roots. It's where I grew up. It's the teams I grew up cheering for. So anytime, you know, the, the Jets, the, the Flames or the Oilers are doing OK, I, I kind of root for them unless they're playing the Sharks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're still um you're still involved in hockey, though. You didn't mention that in the opening. I just remember that's that's true. I am still a little bit involved in hockey. I hooked my niece and nephew, uh, which is funny because their their parents are huge NFL fans, and I hooked them on hockey at a very young age, and they're both playing hockey now. So I take them out and I give them lessons, skating lessons mostly, and and I coach them with sticks when we're we're on the driveway and stuff, and I just play hockey with them all as much as I possibly can. So that's been a, a great great time in the last few years for me. That's cool. I wish we had um, anything to even kind of do that here, but there's a bunch of roller hockey leagues, but we don't really have much of an ice rink presence in orlando maybe in tampa which would make sense with the team around there but we don't have anything like that so i've not been on skates in far too long unfortunately yeah the sharks have um have really uh instigated a, a, a resurgence or a surgence i guess not a resurgence but a surgence of of hockey around here hockey's been here for a while i mean the, the california golden bears were up here in in the cow palace up close to san francisco for a while um so, so there is a, a hockey community here, but it's been really growing now. Nice, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be—I don't even know what to say—to to have a hometown team. I, I, I don't think Orlando will ever have one. Tampa's the closest I have, but I do miss the whole hometown, hometown team. To and I swore as a kid, you know, if I ever lived close enough to a, a hockey team, uh, an NHL team, I would have season tickets, and I do now, <laughs> and I've had them for years now, and. Yeah, it's been rough some years, but uh, damn it, if I don't still pay the pay the cost and go every yep. year. The only thing keeping me is distance. If we ever get a mass transit system that takes us directly from somewhere in Orlando to the whatever, uh, I want to. I always call it the St. Pete Forum because that's what it opened. It's something else now. It's the oil company. I forget. But what, to the, where the Lightning play, then I would pull the trigger. But man, it live is it a tough drive? Yeah, it's a it's a tough drive yep. for especially for season tickets. I mean, my exactly. drive is. Yep. My drive is a bit, but uh, it's not that far from work, right? So it's like I just go to the games from work, and then I got to come home anyway, so it's no big deal. Yeah. So, all right, well, getting to our list, uh, this I mentioned it was tough. Now, you had an idea uh, pretty much to name a, like a top five team. Yeah. And I just could not do that. I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, I, 
I, I couldn't either. I, I okay. Mean, I, okay. When, good. <laughs> when I hung up the phone, she's like, "You're just doing five, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, that whole team thing. There's no way, right?" <laughs> it's just, I, I, my lists are long enough as it was. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad I we both were able to both kind of straight off of that. Now I'll tell you this: my five is, I mean, there's, it's not based on stats. It's really based oh, on what this particular player has. I don't know if meant to me sounds a little too serious, but ha- what kind of role they've played in my enjoying hockey. That's probably a better way to say it. So for me, it's a little bit of both what they meant to me, uh, learning hockey and, and watching and, and, you know, just growing up with as well as just my, yeah, you're right. My enjoyment of, of watching. Okay. Well, I think the format we have started is that the guest gets a, ch- I don't even know what I, I- I was going to say that the guest would uh, close out the show, but why don't I, since I'm not sure, I'll let the guest choose. You want to go first, or I'll be happy to go first. Either way, whatever you I was, want. I was I was also wondering who's the guest here. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, yeah, that's true. We're both hosts, so you you had the idea, but I'm I opened the show, so so I'll, I can start with I'll, I'll start. Okay, go ahead. So now um, we have to clarify the rules here a little bit because my number five didn't actually technically play in the NHL. Is okay. that okay? Uh, probably. Okay, I got a really bad feeling we have the same number five with that preface. Because if it's um, if it is okay, then then uh, it'll it'll have to be have to be Vladislav Tretiak. Leaves it in the corner in behind for Mario Bomblay. Bomblay brings it in front, turns, can't get a shot away, and the Soviets have it with 13 seconds to go. Vasiliev on Robinson. Now Picard coming in to help out. And it looks as though Mr. Trechek will get a shutout on Mr. Picard could score right here with Maslund. And they do not. It's a shutout for Trechek and a 5 nothing victory for the national team of the Soviet Union on New Year's Eve, the eve of 1983. And a happy Trechek, thousands of miles from home, has done it again. Uh, Vladislav Trechek never actually played in the NHL. He was heavily, heavily guarded anytime he actually got to come to uh, North America to play. Um, they played a ton of exhibition games against the NHL teams. He played against Team Canada, Team USA. He played in, in uh, and he played for Russia, obviously. Sorry if I didn't mention that. <laughs> yeah, I did um, make that assumption, I will admit. Yeah, he had the CCP, CCCP on his jersey for many, many, many years. He played in Olympics. He played in everything. And he was a fantastic goalie for the time. I mean, played a lot different style than they play now. No butterfly, none of that. Um, but the guy was a brick wall. And he stymied Team Canada many, many times. Mm. Uh Hated him for it, but man, was he a good player. Nice. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with that name, so I will be happy to look that up when we're done this. Uh, so that was the, the during the Cold War, late 70s, okay. early 80s, when, you know, Russia was trying to, you know, ex- exhibit dominance of hockey over the North American teams. And they'd put together these, these just massive all star teams. And of course, you know, the, the propaganda we heard was that if they didn't play well, their families would get tortured, oh, yeah. and suffer and stuff <laughs> right, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, and he was on those teams and just he was fantastic. Nice. Well, cool. Well, you, I will tell you just by your number five, I think your list is, well, I don't know, maybe more thought out, but differently thought out than my list. Okay. And my number five will demonstrate that in spades. Uh, this actually, I take it back. I said I kind of hinted that this guy didn't play in the NHL. He did. He played one game. Okay, but it is not 
a season of hockey if I don't see him at least once, an entire game. And in fact, you and I were just talking about him last night. We were. Yep. This is the one and only Don Cherry. All right. Here's Eric walking in. Doesn't he look beautiful? Lundquist, Subban have a competition right now. Look at the way he walks. Looks good, eh? Beautiful. That's good. I like that. Yes. Little uh, wave there. Very nice. All right. Where are you now? In uh, Newfoundland. Jimmy Bird, eh? All right. Go ahead. Where are you? Jimmy Bird. Country is Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, Don. And the last time you'll remember, by the way, he looks like James Cook, the captain, doesn't he? Remember how the last time we had a little trouble with the Cook when I was in Newfoundland? But James Cook actually did all the shoreline here. Amazing. They still use the maps he did in the 1700s today. One of my favorites. I got a ship right up in my uh, living room. I love uh, James Cook. You know what happened to him, eh? I better not go into it. All right. What do you got here? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Permitted. Okay. Absolutely permitted. <laughs> so he did play one game with the Boston Bruins way back when. He was mostly a, a minor league team player. He actually played with the Hershey Bears, so there was an an, an a unplanned Philadelphia connection there. I didn't know that until I started making this list. Or Flyers connection, also, I should say. He coached in the NHL. He coached. He coached way more than, well, how can you not coach more than, all you got to do is coach two games and you coach more than you play in the <laughs> NHL. Yeah, he's known. Twice as much. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> right. He's much more known for coach well as far as his participation in nhl but he's far more known for coach's corner oh yeah and And, well um i would say these days he is um back when i was growing up he was well known as a coach oh that's true yeah yeah um it's not a season of hockey if i don't see don cherry at least two or three suits when the olympics were in Canada just a couple of years ago or a oh, couple God. winters ago. I don't think it was the last winter one. It was one before that, wasn't it? I don't really yeah. recall what year. He was all over the place, and I was just so happy to see him. And I just felt – I almost felt like I was on an inside joke, especially down here in Florida, because hockey's fairly new. The Lightning aren't an old team by any stretch of the imagination, probably not nearly as old as many of the teams we're going to talk about they tonight. Are They are actually older than you might think. Are, they are really? Yeah. 24 years old. I believe they're one year after the Sharks. See, you know, I mean, that is, that's just a more common on my age. I still feel that being <laughs> young compared to like the Flyers and especially the original oh, six. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, even the Sharks are young, but, but it's our 25th year this year. I know. So yeah. It's not like, I mean, year. yeah. I mean, it's not a Winnipeg Jets young, but it's still in my history young. I mean, right. it's a, that's a real stretch of the term when you talk about 24 years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not a lot of these guys that watch lightning down here know don cherry by well they know that guy with the suit but they don't know him and haven't really they, they'll flip through watch him and just pass by and, and go do something else until the game's back on i'm like no you have to sit and watch don cherry he's about oh, to yeah. say something awesome and he plays an invisible piano right so, <laughs> so and the thing with uh with don cherry is that uh he never played much because his brain was cashing checks. His body could not, <laughs> right? Because the guy knows an insane amount about hockey. He does, yep. His his hockey knowledge is, I mean, besides the fact that he's an awesome buffoon, his knowledge of hockey is insane, and his body just could not cash those paychecks. He almost seems to have, and, and not from a player standpoint, but you said about his insane amount of uh, knowledge of hockey, he almost seems to have that condition of where, the, the in total recall of everything that's ever happened. I don't know if he's ever been diagnosed with it or not, but like he will be in the midst of a conversation. Someone will say something and he will cite numbers, stats, almost dates and times of yes. a comparison without 
Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe there's a teleprompter there. I can't see what's going on behind the scenes, but it certainly doesn't seem like it because it is so fast and so and, and, natural. And he'll just pull out. Yeah. And that's the time like in yep. 1983 when Mike, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yep. I love Don Cherry. And in fact, I posted a picture of him last night on Facebook and I think my sister had no idea who he was by her reaction. So I will have to educate her very soon on, on the joys oh, yeah. of Don Cherry, starting with the invisible piano. That is possibly the best. YouTube, YouTube me, ever. yeah, <laughs> that to do with hockey ever. <laughs> awesome. All right, so switching to my number four. Uh, my number four is mostly late, really late seventies, early to mid eighties player named Mike Bossy. Okay, he played played for the New York Islanders uh, during their their dream team dynasty era. Um, he was not for that that I really put him on the list. The reason that he made my list is he was the first person since Rocket Richard to make 50 and 50, 50 goals and 50 games. And so he was the first person to match that record. Bossy's dramatic pursuit would come down to that 50th game at home versus the Quebec Nordiques. The Isles sniper needed two goals to match Richard. With less than five minutes left in the game and overtime not yet part of the NHL, Bossy was scoreless. As clutch as he was talented, Bossy would score to get to 49, and with less than three minutes remaining, he seized history. Like 50 goals in 50 games is just wow yeah no kidding um and the the thing is is that he went into the 50th game with 48 goals and he had less than five minutes left in the game (laughs) with only 48 goals and he scored two it was that is insane yeah and i remember watching it on tv and it was just i was i was young i was no i don't think i was even 10 years old and it was just like you know, the whole house was screaming and yelling, and it was just, it was a huge, huge deal for where I was living. Right. So, right. Yeah. It, I, I just, it was such a vivid memory in my head of him doing that was he's got to make the list. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, my number four, it's my first flyer. And as you can probably guess, most of them, a majority of my list are flyers, although I guess technically one of them is not anymore, but this is a flyer. And if it wasn't for this guy, he, he kind of, it, it, this, I don't know how to say this without sounding over dramatic. I don't mean to, but I think he kind of saved hockey as far as the fandom in my middle school days. Pelly Lindbergh had just died in his car crash. There's just this dark cloud over the flyers. They just couldn't seem to just get things together. Then their 1982 draft had taken the ice and suddenly everybody, no one ever, whenever we play pickup games and no one wanted to play goal, you lost by short stroll. Short right. straw. Soon as this guy took the ice and got a few games under his belt, you, you were fighting to play goal. You wanted to be goalie. And that was when Ron Hextall right. took to the ice and just kind of revitalized it for the, the just that middle school generation. We didn't quite understand. The Pelly Lindbergh thing was terrible, and we didn't quite understand what this dark cloud was. We just knew it was bad, and it was upsetting, and it was like the first real, uh, for sports fans, again, I, I, this is all in the context of hockey, first real loss, tragic loss we'd all experienced, and then Ron Hextall steps in and just revitalizes it for us, and revitalizes the team in a, in a, a sense as well. So... 
Well, Ron Hextall's become basically an, an, an icon of, of Flyers hockey. He has, yeah, and did well. I mean, it just it, that was the thing. Yeah, he did well. And then the day he or the night he scored a, go- a goal from his crease. Bruins come back, flip it from their side to center in on Hextall. He blocks, looks to shoot it to the open net. He has scored! Ron Hextall has become the first player in the history of the National Hockey League, the first goaltender to actually score a goal. No one could stop talking about it. That's yep. uh, every class you went into when you saw people you hadn't seen in the next class. That's the first thing you talked about. Did you see that goal? Did you see Ron <laughs> Hextall score a goal? See, and to me, it is so awesome to hear that 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 kind of enthusiasm for hockey was actually in the United States. Because, right. you know, coming from Canada, it's just assumed. And then in a lot of places in the United States, it people are like, oh, what's the NHL? Yeah, and right, yeah. you know just to, to to hear your stories from school and things like that to hear that there is a lot of that same energy and and fun around hockey in the u.s is just awesome yeah that was uh well it was one big regret i had like it was a post regret we had everyone this was the year it was like eighth or ninth grade the ninth grade ninth grade was the highest class in our middle school it's actually called junior high back then Bef- yeah. Now it's changed. I think it's eighth and the ninth because of high school. But ninth graders, they kind of had their thing. They had their click and whatnot. We, our thing was in our group, you, you had a hockey jersey. I got a Dave Brown jersey because he concussed like just about half the NHL that year. <laughs> so I wanted Dave Brown. But then this whole thing happened and Hextall was the hot player. And I was kind of mad that I made that choice early and wish I'd held off getting my jersey. I would have got a Hextall one, but I had my brown one. So it was cool. <laughs> so that's my that is my number four and he's back so, i mean and topically he's back now as the gm of the flyers so it's nice right. to see him still at the organization so um you actually mentioned one of my honorable mentions which was Pelly limberg oh nice okay i think i think Pelly limberg had he had he not gotten into the things that he did would have been one of the absolute superstar goalies of his time yep, yep. yeah it was all on his way oh yeah he was uh he was and he was a joy to watch too yep yep all right so my number three and my number three is is largely based on the mustache oh god okay (laughs) my number three is lanny mcdonald mccrimmon trying to come out for checking by colorado when o'reilly is battling with lanny mcdonald and takes a poke at him and uh let's see if they go at it they do Uh, O'Reilly on top. It was more wrestling than a punch. And uh, Hogarth looking on, so they'll both be going off. And that's one way of keeping McDonald from uh, shooting. Bruins hockey is coming to you live from Boston Garden. So he's mostly known these days for his long, long stint in Calgary, and he's still part of the Calgary organization. Oh, okay. I see him now. He's the walrus mustache. Yeah, I was going to say, the, bat, yeah, the uh, mistake I made was picturing a dark mustache, and it no, no, yeah, couldn't be further ginger. from it. Yep, I know exactly yeah. who this is now. <laughs> yeah. He's a redhead. In yep. fact, when, when they did the uh, Calgary game, and they had those 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 Ronald McDonald-looking uh, outfits on, he looked exactly like Ronald McDonald. It was scary. <laughs> um, now, the reason, reason for it is he influenced my hockey absolutely the most when I was a kid. He was my favorite player when I was a kid. He played originally for the Colorado Rockies, which again, that's who I was cheering for when I was a kid. Um, he went on to play for, uh, I believe the Maple Leafs and then over to Calgary. Um, but watching him, that walrus mustache and that he had this 
this really distinct, really round helmet that Koho was putting out at the time. Um, and just, he did everything. He fought, he scored, he assisted, he, he did everything. And he was just so much fun to watch for me as a kid. And it was weird because I only got to watch him once or, tw- or, or very seldom because even if that game was on, the channel would always be changed to like somebody else's game because who wants to watch the Rockies unless right. <laughs> they're playing a good team? Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, he was fantastic. Cool. Cool. And he had a fantastic mustache. Hey, exactly. And, <laughs> and those mustache powers, man, it's, yeah, I swear the mustache scored more, more goals than he did. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, ironically, going into my number three, we talk about a lack of hair. And this was actually born from me trying to get Wayne Gretzky on the list. But honestly, in the end, Wayne Gretzky is a totally different list than this list. Absolutely. So it's so, but while I was thinking of Gretzky, I was thinking of other players. And I thought of this guy. And when I tell you the reason, you're just going to shake your head. But it is Mark Messier. Okay. First, he was a good player. That's one thing. But what what strikes me, what I remember about him most is he's the first, and not the first at all in history, but the first one I saw that had a sense of humor that I really enjoyed, and it was from a freaking Doritos commercial of all things. <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah, the, he had just moved in, and the na- and he goes to the neighbor's house to borrow a cup of sugar, and he answers with a bag of Doritos. So he keeps going back, and it's like, do you have... Do you have uh, a cup of sugar, flour, a spoon? And then there's one that goes hair dryer, and he's standing there with the, with the bald <laughs> head. And like that was made me laugh so hard. I was like, this is cool. Not only is he a good player, but he obviously yeah. has a sense of humor, and so, he's actually delivering that line well. I actually saw Mark Messier off of the ice once. Uh huh. And I don't know if you're trying to keep this PG. I'll try, but no, we we have we blew me and Dave blew that with our Ramones episode okay. long ago. So it was at a strip club. And he had the Stanley Cup with him. <laughs> and there was a stripper's butt in the Stanley Cup. Okay. And I'm like, this is awesome. I just He might only- have just moved up to my number two now with that story. <laughs> the only regret that I have is that I didn't have an iPhone back in that right, day. Because yeah. <laughs> that would have been, I, I would have gotten a Facebook page just to post it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was like, that was, it's my best strip club story ever. <laughs> it's it's great. like yeah. Yeah, that's, it's got that's, everything. It's got Mark Messier. It's got the Stanley Cup. And it's got a stripper's butt inside the Stanley Cup. There's no better story you're ever going to tell in your life. I know. <laughs> I know. You know. And it's like, and it was also the first time I'd ever seen the Stanley Cup. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so many firsts in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a great story. <sighs> yeah. All right. All right. So moving on, we're up to your number two. Yes, my number two is another guy that started with the Colorado Rockies. And I, I I knew him back then, and I followed him a little bit, but he didn't really get interesting to me until he became a devil. Okay. And his name is Claude Lemieux. Gandalfo, Jones down, but still the Flyers able to keep in. White pushes it by Primo. Burke couldn't keep in. Here's Lemieux. Plays it off his body. Here's Holik now. Bobby Holik's shot is blocked. Scrambling from shot. Score! It's Claude Lemieux. And the Devils lead 1-0. Claude Lemieux was one of those guys that you absolutely hated to play, but you love to have on your team. <laughs> um, by no means ever clean. Uh, dirty fucker. Uh, just... 
would oh man he he made so many bad hits and bad hacks and slashes and stuff like that but the thing that i loved was that when he was on the ice his team couldn't help but be energized mm-hmm. and you know everything that he did had you know, he took the penalties. He took the repercussions. He had no problems with the suspensions. But when he was on the ice, he just energized his team. He was always fast. He was always on the puck. He was just like all over the ice. And the other team just did not know how to handle him. Right, right. And I it was just, you know, watching that kind of hockey, so much fun. Nice. Yeah. That's Plus, okay. He did the same thing as your Brown dude. He gave most of the NHL a concussion at one point or another. Um, it's funny. The uh, my number two is also someone that I. It's he's purely on here because I enjoyed watching him play, and it's the kind of playing I wish I could have gotten to at some level, but but obviously never did. And it was uh, it's it's John Leclerc. Gave up one, six shots on that double minor over the three power plays total. Back into the middle, drop shots. The community effort on this play. Little Sammy Kapanen kept his play alive with the blue line and got thrashed. Keith Primo pulled his way through two Tampa Bay players, then teed up a one-timer for Big Johnny LeClaire, who bolts the yeah. twine with authority. Wow, what a shot. That's what Hitchcock was saying. We've got to put the puck into the net with authority. Well, that that's a rocket from LeClaire. I just absolutely loved watching him play at the Flyers. Uh, he's played, he, he finished his, his career with the Penguins, but he's back with the organization now, but he was... Pretty much a clean player. I mean, as much as clean as a player as you can be and be in the Flyers. I mean, there's always kind of an asterisk next to that. Uh, that's, that's awesome way to describe it. Right, it. Yeah. <laughs> he was part of the Legion of Doom. It's like one of the first times since the Broad Street Bullies that a nickname actually applied to a line because when he was with uh, Mark Recchi and uh, Eric Lindros, it was actually the, the other team would kind of be a little worried because something was going to happen. Uh, so it's it, watching him. He was the first time I had seen a, there was a lot of first in this first time I saw a game in Tampa. It was at the ice palace. This is before they built the stadium. They have now is that the ice palace. I took Christy, my now wife, she's my girlfriend at the time. First hockey game she'd ever seen ever. Oh, cool. On top of that, he scored a hat trick. So it was the first time I saw him score a hat trick. And the second goal in his hat trick was just a thing of beauty. He was in the penalty box because he, he was a flyer. That was going to happen. <laughs> he was in the penalty box. The second his penalty was done, there was a one lightning was passing to the other. I don't remember who. And he stepped out of the penalty box, took the puck, took it down the ice, and scored. Oh, those are always. It was beautiful. So it was, that was, that was, I was so happy to see that live and. And like I said, I just really enjoyed watching him play. I always thought he was just a great player. He, he had just enough hits and and the well, what it is to be a, a lineman of his caliber to get what he needed to get done, but still play and still put points on the board. And always see, always in public, seemed to be a class act. So I just really enjoyed watching him. And that was the second jersey I ever bought was a John Leclerc jersey, and I still have it. Yeah, I can't argue that one. I always, I mean, he was actually playing for the Flyers when, um, well, I, I learned you were a Flyers fan and my seatmate is also used to live in the Philly area. Oh, okay. So he's got some Flyer roots there. Um, and 
So I started watching some of the Flyers games and just because, you know, when you got mutual interest, even just to text back and forth and rub people's faces in it, you, you got to like watch some of the And he was a joy to watch. I yeah. agree. All, All right. right. The big one. The big one. Um, this is going to sound a bit like a cop out, but <laughs> once I explain it, you'll understand. I think. Okay. So my number one is the guy who the most important hat trick in the Hockey is named after, and that is, of course, Gordie Howe. From the start of his NHL career in 1940, Gordie Howe was the Detroit Red Wings. For a quarter century, the legendary number nine set virtually every scoring record imaginable. He was not only the face of the Wings, but of hockey as well. And when he retired in 1971, it was hard to fathom the Wings, the league, and the game itself without Mr. Hockey. Wings fans were left to cherish the memories of six scoring titles, six league MVPs, 786 goals, and 1,809 points. After he left Detroit, he jumped at the chance to live out his dream of playing alongside his two sons, Mark and Marty. He did so in the WHA with both Houston and New England. And when the NHL welcomed four members of the WHA to their ranks in 1979, Howe was still on the Whalers roster. In his first season back in the NHL, Howe played at the ripe old age of 51. It was ironic and very fitting that the 1980 All-Star Game was to be played in Detroit at the new Joe Louis Arena. When Howe was introduced... And from the Hartford Whalers, representing all of hockey with great distinction for five decades, number nine... The crowd savored the moment, and so did Gordy. And the reason that it is the most important hat trick in, in hockey is because it is named after the guy who does everything. You have to be able to score, you have to be able to assist, and you have to be able to take someone out. I mean, those are the big three in hockey. You right. do everything. You skate all over the ice. You And, you know, no, five decades in the NHL, man. Yeah. Um. He's also from my hometown, Saskatoon. Oh, that's cool. And so the uh, the amount of philanthropy that his family has done in Saskatoon is astounding. Uh, they actually have a massive park named after Gordie Howe, Gordie Howe Park. Um, I used to play in Gordie Howe Park. Oh, you know, cool. We'd go to the zoo and we'd go to Gordie Howe Park and I've got this giant, it's, it's great, you know, picnics and stuff, you know, in the three days of summer that we get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the cool thing is, is that two parts of the park are really flat so that they can put ice rinks in every every winter right mm, right yeah because of course you'd have to um uh when he came out playing for the whalers when the whalers came into the league mm -hmm. it was just oh my god i get to see gordy howe playing again and because you know most of gordy Howe's real playing years i missed right right but yeah he came in with his sons on the on the whalers and it was just amazing uh the clip that i'd sent you earlier today was the the one where he actually returns to detroit goes into joe lewis arena for the uh, um all-star game and gets the huge standing ovation it's it was just an amazing event yeah and i i remember watching that on tv and so that's why gordy howe gets my number one i remember watching that too with my father and him pointing out that he was like 51 52 yeah. In, his, in his 50s at the time not no i mean this is like the 80s so i'm 
barely scratching my teen years, so didn't really understand what that meant, not knowing that right that you're it's a young man's game so it, it wasn't until years years and years later that it hit me it's like wow wait a minute this gordy how that what that game i saw him play he was in his 50s and it finally hit me how impressive that is and i think about it today and it's like oh my god i'm not even close to 50 and jesus <laughs> christ there's no way i'd be in that good a shape that's true know? yep <laughs> like, holy crap yeah just an amazing specimen for hockey i can't not be number one for me. No, I would not call that a cop out though either, because that's a that okay. is a that's uh, a that's a great one. That is everyone knows the name, but and it's he's so that's the other thing that we've seen to get about him is that he's so low key about it. Is that it, it? It doesn't seem to every interview you ever saw, he had a big shit eating grin on his face. He was always smiling. Uh, he never said no to doing stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, uh, just just all around massive ambassador for the game of hockey I get, yeah i just it's like he was he's always been just gordy howe they, they never associated a weird personality nickname for him because he did he kept well I, low-key is probably not the term i'm not sure what i'm looking for but he kept it he was a real he, he didn't, person he didn't, <laughs> he didn't he was enough of a personality and, and a character that he didn't need any other i guess uh, yeah quantifier he was just gordy howe i guess so yeah i guess that's maybe yeah and that's why i'm having trouble trying to figure out what that isn't there because it just yeah just he's gordy howe that's a good way to yep. say it i mean there's yep. a lot there's a few of them from that generation there's uh bobby orr is another one yeah uh gretzky actually was kind of in the tail end of starting that but he's richard uh, yeah that's another one yep so, um it, so there was i mean that that whole time frame was was filled with a lot of them but uh, the big thing for me was that you know he was local for me and everything that they did that his entire family did around uh Saskatoon area was just it was massive they they built arenas they you know fostered hockey they they did all sorts of stuff so that was cool yeah all right well my number 1 is a little different as far as the reasoning but you knowing me and the work I do especially this time of year will make sense i'll have to explain it to anyone listening for the first time uh, he is, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it is. Then I'll tell you why it's Scott Hartnell, another flyer got to know him on the flyers. He was with the St. Louis, uh, what are they? Blue Jays, blue jackets. I always mess that up with the St. Louis or the Columbus blue jackets, Columbus yeah, St. Blue Louis jackets. blues. That's, I do that all the time. <laughs> Columbus blue jackets. Uh, he is at the time when he was the flyer, he had just the worst hair of any person ever. <laughs> Red, curly, long, all over the place. But he's a good player. He put points on the board. He was he, he had the you had to like him because he just embraced his the terrible look he had. I guess you'd say. I don't mean to insult the guy. I really don't. But the thing that made me a huge fan of the person was a few years ago he had won. It was a kind of a contest with one of the local either news organizations or the newspaper who is the uh, fan favorite flyer, and he won, and there was a $10,000 prize with it. He took that $10,000 and turned it right over to the local animal shelter. Oh, nice. And from there, he's just done all kinds of charity work. They do a food, they do an annual food, food drive at Philadelphia, and he, when he was with Philadelphia, he started off by showing up with not just bags of groceries, like a truckload of groceries that he had paid for. Awesome. And oh, that's yeah. I mean, anytime you get guys like that, that I mean, it's it's just, you're along the same reasons as I picked Gordy Howe. Right. Yep. 
Uh, his new organization, this just started, I think is last year at the Flyers called Hartnell Down because he has this, this propensity to fall a lot throughout <laughs> the season. And every time he falls, some money goes into the year end donation that he, to his, his organization passes out to different charities all over the place. Well, Hartnell Down came from a guy kind of making fun of me on Twitter, on social media, uh, how many times I fell down during a game. And the first time I saw the, this Hartnell Down thing, uh, we were on the road and he had this bristleboard sign that said Hartnell Down 150 and I was like, that's, that's kind of weird, you know, I was skating around in a warm-up, no big deal. You know, I saw it like six games later. Finally, I sent my trainer over to get this guy and see, see what the heck it was, right? And he's like, oh yeah, this is uh, the Hartnell Down, you know, Hartnell's a bad skater. He, you know, all he does is spend all the time on his butt on the ice and this and that. So we laughed about it and ended up, uh, you know, starting a website, selling some t-shirts that hashtag Hartnell Down. And, uh, it came into this great charity that, uh, you know, I'm just shocked and it's kind of become the thing that it is. Rule number one when you fall, make sure you get back up. So you'll be on your hands and knees like this. You want to get on your knees, get your right leg up if you're left shot, left leg up if you're right shot. I'll do left-handed because I'm left-handed. Put a little bit of weight in your, uh, in your stick to help yourself up. Boom, you're up quick. That's how you do it real quick. We've helped a lot of kids from, from Philadelphia. Uh, we brought some kids from Columbus this year to, uh, to hockey camps that I go to. I've done some stuff in Lloydminster as well, getting kids to hockey camps. So it's, it's, uh, it's about giving back to the community and it's, uh, you know, every time I talk about it, I got a big smile on my face. That's, that's great. And with my work with the, that I started with the Artmore project that you know about, anyone that's listening, Real quick, we take some uh, Mandalorian armor, which is Boba Fett's armor, his chest armor. We send it out to artists. They decorate it. We bring it all back. We auction it off. And all the money we raise, we buy toys for Toys for Tots for underprivileged children, starting off in the Philadelphia area when we started to kind yeah. of go along with our roots. But now we kind of just give it to the organization because we are Neos as a spread all, all over the place. So the yeah. fact that him and That's I... But and it's not even it's not even off topic because one of the first uh one actually the first one that was auctioned off was a <laughs> was, giant yeah, flyers yeah. and blazoned across Boba Fett and it was beautiful it, it was absolutely gorgeous and by no and by absolutely no small part inspired by him right for sure so uh yeah so being uh, uh enjoying raising money for charity and, and helping out when we can really struck a chord with me and. It's it's I, I mean he's he's a great player. I mean oh, I, when when the when Columbus is playing and I'm not watching any of the other three teams, I'm falling out watch him. But but I like the man I think more than the player. So that is why Scott Hartnell is my number one favorite. It's absolutely a great player. reason. Well, thank you. All right. Well, let's go through the list because we know there's at least one person out there that's tracking all this somewhere, and it's going to be online one day. So <laughs> what is your? Give me your list again from five to one. Number five, Vladislav Tretiak. Number four, Mike Bossy. Number three, Lanny McDonald. Number two, Claude Lemieux. And number one, Gordy Howe. All right. Mine is number five, Don Cherry. Number four, Ron Hextall. Number three, Mark Messier. Number two, John LeClaire. And number one, Scott Hartnell. Now, I've got a handful of honorable mentions. <sighs> Go ahead. I didn't even write them down at this point because we're going to be here another hour if I list everything I wrote down. Uh, there's just a few honorable okay. mentions that were that were really in contention for some of the places on my list. Um, goalie, there was two of them. Billy Smith, who played for the Islanders, who was probably has the, the uh, distinction of being the dirtiest goalie ever to play in the <laughs> okay. NHL. You could not help but either love or hate 
hate watch him. Uh, he was fantastic. Again, uh, the other one, Brodeur. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. He was, he was the Devils for so many years. Um, brought them to a couple of cups. Awesome goalie. Gretzky was obviously an honorable yeah, moment. Right. Because uh, you can't do a show like this without at least mentioning Gretzky. He's done so much for the game. He just didn't have that personal connection for me that would have gotten him into my list. Right. That's uh, kind of why I, yeah, I same, same, same reason as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. We mentioned Pelly Lindbergh, and the last one, the last one's a cheat because it's two. It's the Joes from the Sharks, Joe Thornton and Joe Pafelski, both absolutely fantastic players. Uh, I believe both are going to be Hall of Famers, and I love watching them every night. Right. <laughs> well, the only notable of any kind of story, actually, one isn't even a story. Yamir Yager was on my list. He almost made it. Yeah, yeah, because he ended up on the Flyers at one point as well, and he was and just, he was on the Devils. At yeah, one point. He just, and he it's weird that he said such a he played with so many teams that he's always done well with every team he's with. I don't know why jumping around so much. I haven't looked into it either. Well, he's he's in the 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 thing is I think he's in the fading years of his career, and nobody oh now expects, he is for sure, yeah. And that's why he's been jumping around so much is nobody expects him to keep going, and he just keeps going. He, and it's like he's I, good every year. I'm kind of expecting him to reach the Gordy Howe years, like we just talked about. Yeah, damn near. The other one for the most ridiculous reason that I'm surprised it didn't make it to this was Phil Esposito, and oh, that's for yeah. the corner gas joke. Yeah. <laughs> For, oh, I didn't even think of that. For anyone that doesn't know the joke, there was a table hockey. Is that what it's called? The table hockey with the little sticks yep. and everything? There was a table hockey game tournament and corner gas on a Canadian TV show. And one of the players was face down on the ice, and the one character said, you have a player down, and the other character goes, oh, that's Esposito. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> didn't uh, quite make it to my list, though. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, Phil Esposito was fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> And that was like early. I only remember bits and pieces. And most of what I remember is only remembered because I've watched some of the old footage again. But, um, you know, it's when you're that young and you're watching these things, they do define what you remember in the future, too, or what you do in the future. And, yeah, there was a lot of hockey pumped into my brain at a very young age. (laughs) I mentioned this last night. Uh, when we were recording Star Wars in character, because Dave, uh, who kind of started the series, is a big hockey fan. And uh, to my surprise, Tim jumped in like right away. His number one pick was Bob Probert. I'm like, wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm like, that is one. That's that's a, I would have never a- thought of that. But two, I was like, that is a hell of an interesting pick. So I <laughs> might have to get him to uh, elaborate on that sometime in the future. It's an interesting pick. It's a terrible pick. <laughs> Probert was an asshole. Well, I think oh, that's. that's- that's right. We played against him. Not oh, there. Yeah. You go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one of those love to hate players. Love to hate players. Exactly. That's how I took it when I, when he first said it. So I was like, man. I was like, and especially because Tim again from the Philadelphia area, and I know he had a Flyers jersey at one point. I just I I know that for a fact. And I was like, pro, you picked Probert. Like you didn't even have to think about it. So I gotta <laughs> have to ask him about that sometime. Yeah, and that's and I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about hockey is that there are so many players that. Man, you can hate them when they're playing against you, but if you get them on your team, it's like, oh wow, yeah, this is right. awesome. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, I missed my freaking opening joke. Damn it! I'll give it I, to you now. I was gonna say this list was easy because my five top five start with five letters C H R I S, and that stands for Pronger. <laughs> oh, ow! I know how much you love Pronger. 
you know, and I screwed up the joke that I wanted because uh, when I hit my number two, I was going to say, Matt's going to hate me for this, but number two on my list is Lemieux. Because uh, of the Pittsburgh thing? Right. And oh, then I like- explain. I'd explain to you that it was Claude Lemieux, not the Pittsburgh Lemieux. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mario, yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah, don't even go there. I'm yeah. just happy Crosby wasn't on your list because all the Crosby shit we go back and forth with on our phones when he plays. Oh man, I almost put Crosby on my list just as a joke. You know? <laughs> right. It's just so hilarious because anywhere you look, other than anywhere you look on the NHL boards and stuff, Crosby's fairly well respected. It's like the, as liked as a player. And you look at the flyers boards and it's just yep. like, Oh my God, it's just, wow. The level of hatred for him is insane. Yeah. I, I, he, he just freaking every time they play the flyers, he is the whiniest bitch on the face of the earth, man. It's like the, everything they do, he's right up in the ref's face. It's like, you know, and, oh. So, so you need to watch um, the Ducks play because Getzlaff and Perry do the exact same really? thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, it is so pathetic. And then Perry is the best diver in the NHL. Oh, it's <laughs> oh serious. It's bad. Like, he got high-sticked in the f- I was watching a game. He got high-sticked in the face right at the end of the game. And he made this huge thing and was down on the ice and he was trying to make himself bleed by biting himself but couldn't do it. And then, uh, and then they called a penalty and the guy goes off the ice and then he's on for the the, the very next face off like oh, he's geez. on the ice and ready to go and it's like oh come on you <laughs> i won't uh i'm not gonna defend pittsburgh or Crosby by any means in this statement but i will say <laughs> when i watch i'm lucky enough to have uh the center ice package and and almost every game offers you the home team or the weight the away team and i'll always watch the flyers one Sure, and if I'm there, maybe I'm not saying there is. There may be some creative camera work where we always see Crosby look like he's whining, and I only say that because I'll say that I'll say that and I'll, I'll I'll actually say they may have done some creative camera work in the past because when Pronger was playing, I'm like you're you were the one who pointed out that Pronger is probably not the guy to back in any situation. I couldn't quite understand yeah. why, and then you finally showed me a montage on YouTube from other broadcasts that. Of stuff right. I had never seen on the Philly broadcast. And I'm like, ooh, right. okay. Yeah. I see where Quinn's coming from. And then the more I learned, the more he opened his mouth, basically, when he was working in the offices, which just, I don't know where that came from, the more I disliked him. But I, yeah, so maybe there's a little bias in the camera work, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, come on, man. There's no way that the cameraman and the, and that the producers are, are trying to, to like, you know, uh, start like a blood feud between the flyers and the and the no penguins. There, that wouldn't happen let's Come talk on. you know let's, we got a little time here let's talk about that let's talk about maybe i don't know what it's like with the sharks but is there this thing i know you choose whatever broadcast is not playing commercials yes do you see a, 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 a unusual amount of bias when you watch an away broadcast so um here's the thing i don't watch uh when i when i'm watching the sharks i don't choose the the non-commercial one i will just okay gotcha i will choose the sharks broadcast but i do choose the the non-commercial one or the one that's coming through the best on whatever i want to watch and there's obviously bias okay because uh, I mean, like the the announcers travel with the team and yeah, you know, oh, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So there's a huge amount of bias going on, and you hear it. And especially like I hate watch the Canucks, right? I hate the Canucks, but I watch them so that I can text my brother and my my dad just 
because that's you know they cheer for the Canucks. I just text them anytime the Canucks are losing or they let up let in a shitty goal. I'll text just right. <laughs> and it's amazing how biased their feed is. It's or their their announcers are. It's oh man, is it bad? It um, just seems like to me the Flyers get it the worst because there's just sometimes they don't play the home home game, and that happens with all the teams. And that when I got to watch the the uh the away team game or the uh, whatever the versus team it's just always so bad. i mean it got it was to the point where it's like i usually don't really care and mention it i'll take it for what it is but i actually had to put something on facebook if anyone else saw it because the the, the flyers were dominating the team they weren't hurting anybody there weren't any penalties the only thing the commentator could think to talk about is how the color of orange in their jerseys must be hurting people's eyes watching the game <laughs> great yeah so i was like it just seems worse with the flyers but maybe that's just because i you know that's my home team it just might feel yeah. worse i was i was actually i don't know if you've been following my hockey twitter stuff at all but i was really texting the or twittering the nhl a couple of games there <laughs> yeah, really oh uh, i was watching the sharks live and the officiating was so bad that i i actually uh, tweeted the nhl saying you know if i made this many mistakes in one day at work i'd be fired and these yeah, guys should be too yeah um, that's it's actually I don't know if it's worse this year, if it's just I forget during the offseason, but the, even the commentary, the one, I don't know what game, it had to be a Flyers game, I can't remember which one it was, fairly recent, and it's it, it, the same thing, I mean, like, you couldn't have done it much more um, exactly. Yeah, well, well, the, the, the same thing happened, I forget even what it was, I think it was boarding, two boarding calls, same exact situation, and it was the same team. One got called, one didn't. And even the commentary yeah. said, like, well, hang in there tonight because you never know what's going to happen, apparently. I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, one of my tweets was, well, I guess it, apparently it's no longer a penalty to grab the goalie's stick, skate away until he has to let go, and then drop it. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what happened right in front of the ref. <sighs> and it was like, and then our goalie had to make a, a hell of a stop without a stick. And it's like, come on. Nothing. <sighs> ah. Jeez. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. That is, that yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, this week in NHL refing. Yeah, oh, God, you it know that be. might be a great podcast. Probably would be. So it would it would definitely be therapeutic for me. <laughs> I think <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that's about. I was I had another idea, but I'm going to save that because I think we're going to revisit this topic in another way. In fact, I think my idea. I'm going to pitch it to you now. Maybe fat, fat, tat, the top five hockey moments watching with our wives because that was where my question was going to be next. Oh, I got a lot of those. And me too. Yeah. So I think that's actually worth discussing in an episode, maybe even with them joining us. Oh, for sure. Explain to me where you thought this was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go there. <laughs> okay. <Ugh. laughs> well, all right. So that does it for this episode. We'll, we'll, this was more fun than I thought it would I be. I thought it was too. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, uh, anyone, uh, well, obviously, post it on our News As Facebook page. Uh, list, Give us your list like you have with all the, all the other shows. They've been great, and we'll take a look. And I'm, 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 I'm sure you're going to say one I didn't think of, and I'm going to revise my list. It happens every time with these uh, shows. I'm sure it's the same with me. And, and the thing is, with, with this many players and this many years of hockey, the lists are going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll wrap up. I will say thanks for listening, and I will take Dave's new catchphrase for a sign-off, which is opinions are like assholes, and we at Niazaz are just a bunch of assholes. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.